Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday evening. You're listening to Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. And today is July 6, 2021. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. If you didn't know, I want you to know that on Sunday mornings, we are in the book of Revelation. We're doing a, a dynamic, a thorough teaching of the Word of God. No fluff, no stuff to be added, nothing to be taken away, but the unadulterated truth. We'll be back after this message.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your kindness, for keeping us throughout this day. Lord God, we're here to bless your name, to hallow you for who you are, Lord God, and for what you have done. You've given us life. You've given us deliverance, salvation in your name. We love calling your name, talking about your goodness, talking about your grace, Lord, and how you have blessed us, Lord God. Certainly, we thank you and appreciate you, Lord. Father, pray and ask that you would continue to watch over and keep us, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to seek your face, to do your will. Lord God, to uh, live your word, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord. Lord Jesus, so that we will be found worthy, Lord Jesus, to stand in your presence. Lord God, bless each one that have tuned in. Bless those that will tune in later. Lord Jesus, stir the mind of the backslider. Lord Jesus, save, Lord. Save souls. Those that have been witnessed to. Those that have been invited to your house. Lord God, give them a desire, Lord. Those that are praying for deliverance from addiction. Lord God, we, we touch and agree with them, Lord. Lord Jesus, to remove the taste. Lord God, for their freedom. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now, Savior. Touch those that are sick in their body. Heal them, Lord. Lord Jesus, raise them up off the bed of affliction. Lord, send your deliverance, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord God. Certainly, thank and praise God for his goodness on this, uh, this sixth day of July. Uh, another day that's uh, as they used to sing in a song they say it's another day's journey and I'm glad about it uh, it's a it's another day you know that, that we have to get it right another day that we have to to set some things in order another day that we have to do some work for the Lord so after we've done our, our natural work after we've gone to work and done other things that, that we needed to do uh, we, we yet have some work that we can do for the Lord. And so we don't want to forget about him. And the Bible said, and what did you do in word and deed? Do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're doing. Whatever we do in word or deed, when you're at work, think about that you're doing this unto the Lord. You, 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 whatever you're doing, think about the goodness of God. It'll make your day. It's like adding a little creamer to your coffee. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a coffee drinker. I like drinking my coffee black. Every now and then I add some cream to it, you know, some half and half or, you know, uh, I don't really go with the flavorful stuff. But, but you know, just to, just to put some cream in it, just to do something different, it, it makes a difference. Uh, it makes a difference. You know, our attitude, our mindset makes a difference in how the day goes and what we do and how we may respond to some things. And so again, certainly we thank and praise God for each of you that, that have joined in and taken time out. I ask that you would pray for me as I am praying for you. I, I, we're excited here at Cornerstone and we're, we're in 
talking about doing a, a simultaneous broadcast in Spanish. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. You, you may uh, uh, tune in to, the, to Inside the Pages, and it has been restructured that that uh, uh, that is going out to, to more in more than one language. You know, we talk about more than one language at one time. Uh, it takes us into the, the book of Genesis, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. God say the same uh, another day. But we're in the book of Ezekiel this evening, and I'm, that is the 40th chapter, beginning at the 17th verse. It says, then brought he me into the outward court. And lo, there were chambers and a pavement made for the court round about. Thirty chambers were upon the pavement. And the pavement by the side of the gate were over against the length of the gates was the lower pavement. Then he measured the breadth from the forefront of the lower gate unto the forefront of the inner court without, a hundred cubits eastward and northward. Uh, now, uh, Bible students, there, there's something special about the east gate because we started out, we, we talked about the east gate. And, it, and the east gate leads to the outer court. Uh, so uh, there's... It's something for us to pay attention to. We need to pay attention to what uh, the word of God is not just proclaiming. Uh, the word of God is not just giving us information uh, that is none essential. All the information is essential for your well-being. It's essential for your understanding. In order to understand the New Testament, you need to understand the Old Testament. In order to connect those dots, you're going to have to, you know, so it's not above you, but it's for you. And so uh, we need to take full advantage of the outer court. Are you taking advantage of the outer court? This is the time to do it. This Bible said this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. I want you to know that this is the time to take full advantage of the outer court. And somebody uh, may know what I'm talking about without me saying it. And so uh, Ezekiel has taken us from sin to redemption. He's taken us from trespass to salvation. Uh, he, the book of Ezekiel begins with a time that Israel was, was all into themselves, smelling themselves, feeling themselves, doing what they wanted to do. Nobody could tell them nothing. Uh, there was a few that didn't feel that way, and God honored them and sealed them. And uh, just like he is honoring and sealing us today, so that when the time comes, uh, while everyone else is dealing with, the, uh, with what is going to be presented, uh, those that are sealed will not. Uh, just like the Valley of Dry Bones coming together in May, uh, the 14th day of May, 1948, uh, there is more of God's word that is yet to come. Uh, you know, we can, uh, there's a lot of uh, psychological babble. Uh, there's a lot of social babble, media babble. There's a lot of babble going on. But it's nothing like the word of God. 
And I, I'm here tonight to tell you that the word of God is yet fulfilling right in front of our eyes. The rebuilding of the temple is yet to come. Ezekiel sees a man with a bronze appearance carrying a line of flax and a measuring reed. Now, we talked about that a little bit uh, uh, before, and, and you can Google that and find out what it is. You know, you ought to take advantage of, of the, what's at your fingertips. You know, we shop Amazon, we, we go to a lot of different uh, sites, uh, but uh, there's information right there. And when we don't have answers for certain things, uh, someone has already typed that stuff in there. Now, I caution you when you're looking stuff up, be careful because you need to make sure that when you look information up, that is correct. I find a lot of misinformation or when you're looking for something specific, it leads into other areas uh, that you're really not trying to get to. And, and I'm making that comment about uh, in regards to commentaries uh, about the scripture. Um, you, you're looking for something that's simple and something that, uh, you know, so a flex is a flexible measuring instrument. And the measuring reed itself is more of a solid, straight instrument for measuring. And so uh, uh, I, I want you to listen to this very carefully. Uh, for the fourth verse of the 40th chapter says, And the man said unto me, Son of man, behold with thine eyes, and hear with thine ears, and set thy heart upon all that I show thee. For to the intent that I might show unto them, uh, unto thee art thou brought hither. Declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. Let me read that again. Son of man, uh, behold with thine eyes. So uh, what we should be using our eyes. Uh, behold with thy ears. We should be listening with our ears. Uh, don't be selective in your listening. Uh, but you need to listen to what God has to say. You need to look at what God is trying to show you. And he says, set thy heart upon all that I show thee. So not only are you to uh, look at it, you ought to be listening. And all that he's showing us, when we're in service, God deserves our undivided attention. Ezekiel was instructed to pay uh, close attention. I want your ears, I want your, I want your eyes, I want your ears, and I want your heart on me. I cannot give the information to you without your undivided attention. God's not trying to share uh, the scenery with everybody. He's not trying to share uh, the information uh, while you, you, you get half your mind here and half your mind someplace else. Uh, no. So when we're in service, uh, you don't need to be playing soda crush. Don't be playing tic-tac-toe, texting or sexing during the service and the message of the Lord. You need to give God your undivided attention. Uh, you need to give your child, you know, I, I see that people give their children uh, the iPad, the, the telephone and all that to play with in the service. And though, that's not the instructions that God has given, but they do it. Uh, at least uh, God said that you ought to teach the child. The child needs to learn the word of God so that they can, might be saved. Well, pastor, no, it, it's, no, listen, uh, you can tell me no, but uh, what are you going to tell God? 
It's his word, not mine. At least if you're going to give them something to uh, uh, the device during service, make sure it is something that is about the word of God. Mommy, I don't want to play. Listen, that's you to raise them. They're not raising you. And, and so uh, God deserves the undivided attention of everyone. Restrict the activity in the service to something biblical so that you're obedient to God's word and respect his house. What does Psalms 150 and 6 says? Let everything that have breath, your child have breath. Praise you the Lord. You have breath. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, then brought he me into the outer court, outward court. And lo, there was chambers and pavements uh, made for the court round about 30 chambers. And so there uh, around the, there are chambers as, you know, rooms around the, the courtyard. Uh, but uh, uh, let's, let's look at this because, oh my God. It's Exodus 25, beginning at the first verse says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they may bring me an offering. Uh, God bless you, those that are given offerings, and God bless you. Uh, man, God, God bless you. God bless you. I, I'm, uh, thank you for your support. Uh, it is for the work of the ministry, and that's where it goes to, and the records are open for that purpose. And so uh, God bless you for giving. God bless you for your tithing and, and your faithfulness. And that's how we're able to do uh, the things and to reach the souls that the Lord has blessed us and blessing us to reach. And so the Lord told Moses, speak unto the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. He shall uh, take my offering mm -hmm. willingly with the heart. Whatever we do is tied to our heart. And so we need to make sure because God is looking at the heart. And this is the offering which you shall take of them, gold, silver, brass, and purple, and, and blue, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skin, dyed red, and badger skin, and, and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, uh, onyx stone, and stones to be set in the ephah, and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. The purpose of the sanctuary is that God dwells among us. And, and so uh, you often heard it said that when we come to the house of God, when we come to uh, 524 East Pasadena Street in Pomona, we're coming uh, to present ourselves before the Lord because the Lord will meet us here. And so um, he dwells among us according to all that I will show thee. Keep all, Moses, I want you to do this according to all that I show you. After the pattern of the tabernacle and of the pattern of all the instruments, even so shall you make it. The Lord showed Moses a vision. He showed him what he, what he, uh, the vision and told him to follow the instructions. Uh, make the vision. Uh, Make the tabernacle according to all that I have showed you, all that you've seen that is already in my presence. The temple contained an outer court, 
which means the heavenly vision had an outer court. Why would there be an outer court in the heaven, in the tabernacle that Moses saw in glory? Why would there be an outer court there? You, you, you should be asking yourself that. Uh, there is an outer court. What would be the purpose of the outer court in heaven? The outer court and the only area of the temple were out where those outside of the family of Jacob, Israel, were allowed. The outer court was used for a specific purpose. It was accessible to everyone who were considered impure. Now, in heaven, in glory, the presence of the Lord, he's seeing a temple, he's seeing a tabernacle, and he's giving instruction to to create this uh, based upon the floor plan and everything, the, the architecture, the design and everything that he sees uh, there. And so he uh, measurements and all, this is Moses. And he creates that in the wilderness. And it has an outer court. An outer court where now we know that which thing soever the law saith, it said to them who are under the law. Uh, the children of Israel were under the law. They was given commandments. They was given instructions what to do, how it should be done. You, you, you have to get into the book of Leviticus uh, to see uh, more of that. And that every mouth may be stopped. So under the law, and all, thing, all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. The law gave us an outline. It gave us rules. It gave us regulation. Uh, but the law could not save you uh, when a person sinned. A sacrifice needed to be made. When it goes back to the Garden of Eden, when Adam sinned. Uh, Adam uh, was so caught up into, into Eve, uh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, that he ignored the word of God. And uh, God made them covers of skin, which meant a sacrifice had been made. And so uh, uh, the law, uh, if someone sinned or if the community sinned or if the nation sinned, uh, there was something to be done. God gave an outline what should be done, even if it was an accident. You know, sometimes you can, you can do something and it, cause, it can cause great financial or even bodily injury to someone and and there's a sacrifice that needed to be made for even that. And so they would, uh, they had different sacrifices that would be made. And these sacrifices was done in the outer court. The Bible says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned. Everybody has sinned. Uh, you might have thought you didn't sin. You know, you have some that, that feel that, well, I, I didn't. All have sinned. Because we all sin in, uh, in Adam. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We're saved because of the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So there's no big eyes, no little U's. I'm better than you because I didn't do that. Or, or maybe I, I did it and didn't get caught. Uh, there's no big eyes, no little U's because I never said that in my mouth, but maybe you thought it in your heart. Uh, there's no big eyes or little U's because, uh, you know, uh, listen, we're justified and we have grace through Jesus Christ. And some think that, uh, that they're all right. You know, uh, I'm not going to an eternal place with that person that, uh, that I think is a detestable. But if you never accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a detestable unto him because you are self-righteous. And uh, self-righteousness is as filthy rags. And so you want to be right with God. And the only way to be right with God is to get in God's word and find out what makes you righteous. Uh, Jesus Christ. What helps you behold? Jesus Christ. Uh, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to thy word. So it's not enough to read the word and know what the word says. It's not enough to read the word and to be able to quote it. But the Bible said by taking heed, which means that we're obeying the word of God. Remember, the best way to face opposition and your opponent, those and that which opposes you is Lucifer. The power that you have over, over the, the fallen angels is the word of God. The power that you have over spirits and things that come up against you is the word of God, that you follow his word. And God's word will direct you when you would go, uh, when you would turn into an area where uh, harm is there. Uh, you may hear the word direct you to go a different route or to avoid or maybe not leave the house at all because you're being protected by the word of God. And so in the outer court, worshipers could uh, go there and purchase a sacrifice. Now, maybe you didn't have a sacrifice to, to take with you because you were a farmer. And so you grew grain from the earth or uh, vegetables. And so you didn't have a sacrifice to take with you. And you knew that you needed a, a, a bullock. You knew that you needed a, a whatever the sacrifice uh, required. And so you went and exchanged um, for that sacrifice. Now, Jesus in the outer court in the New Testament, we see that he drove out the money changers and declared very boldly, very firmly, my house shall be called a house of prayer. It's written. It's, it's the word. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And you've made it into a den of thieves, a den of robbers. Uh, and, and so, uh, my God, Hallelujah. God forbid if, if we should do that today. And I don't know what else, what's going on anyplace else. But, and I'm not interested in knowing except Christ and him crucified. Uh, even here at Cornerstone, I want to know about Christ and him crucified. But my eyes and my ears are open uh, that the house of God should not be made a den of robbers, a den of thieves. 
And, and so, uh, or anything else, or uh, a, a, a pool, a, a cesspool of, uh, the Bible said that, uh, uh, that um, Eli had two sons, had sons. And sons were making havoc of the church uh, because they were doing nothing but, but, uh, but uh, being, uh, let, me, let me think of a better way to say this. Uh, but they were being, they wasn't doing nothing but sleeping with everybody. Instead of helping the women become uh, ministered to, uh, sanctified, to present them bodies as living sacrifices unto the Lord, uh, they were taking advantage of the sacrifices. And so the Bible tells us that Jesus went into the temple and cast them out, that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers. And the seed of them that sold doves and said to them, it's written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But you've made it into a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came in the temple and he healed them. Uh, that's, that's what we're, uh-huh, uh, in out of court. Uh, there was some healing going on there. Somebody came in and couldn't see. And someone limped in because they couldn't walk. Uh, they, they had an ailment. My mother uh, had, many, had many strokes and multiple strokes. And uh, she got saved. Lord saved her. And she went up for prayer and she asked the pastor, the pastor said, what would you like? Um, what do you want prayer for? And she said, I don't want to walk with this cane uh, any longer. From that day forth, she did not walk with a cane. Matter of fact, she, she went out and bought uh, high heel shoes and, and, and had a closet full of new, new, new shoes to step out in and was going on her way and enjoying her life until God called her home. And when, she, when the Lord called her home, she was happy to go. Every, the testimony that she left was that I'm walking with Jesus. She told the... Hallelujah, thank you. The store attendant, they asked her, said, uh, gave her and admired how, dressy, how nicely dressed she was. And um, I, I believe she was asked, would you like to take off your shoes and put on your slippers? <laughs> and she said, she said, no, she was, she was satisfied. And she went on and stepped out of here, out of time and into eternity with a smile on her face. Hallelujah. And that's what I saw and know of because it all transpired within a 24 hour period of looking at her and seeing the Shekinah glory on her. I smiled and said, that's my mother. And she was gone uh, the next day. The Lord healed her. She was no longer blind uh, with the things of this world. She was no longer lame. Uh, but she was, uh, came into the temple and received a complete healing. Jesus corrected the religious injustice reiterated purpose and healed those that were seeking mental, emotional, and physical restoration. They have coined a phrase, you know, in our, in our lifetime that life happens. You know, life happens. You know, whatever you're dealing with, life happens. You, you get hurt mentally, life happens. 
you get hurt emotionally, well, life happens. Uh, you know, or physical, you know, and, and I kind of, I, I know what they're trying to say, but it's really not the proper thing to say in, at all times for every situation. Life happens until it happens to them. Until the unbearable, until the intolerable, until the unimaginable happens to them. Then it becomes a different story. I, I heard a, a, a minister say one time, a pastor say, you know, we don't grieve like the world. And that's because they were brought up with that saying. We don't grieve like the world grieve. You know, we don't do that. But when that pastor's spouse went home to be with the Lord, that pastor said, I will never make that statement again. Because it took them into a time of mourning and grief, grief after being after 40 plus years of marriage. It took them to a different place. The Lord blessed them, strengthened them. But they realized at that moment that to, to walk around saying that we don't breathe like the world and, and to, we don't have that was it was an incorrect statement to be making because we do. We grieve just like everyone else will grieve at the loss of, of, of someone that you love. And it requires healing. So life doesn't just happen, and it, please, it, it's not a phrase to just throw at anybody in every situation. Uh, when, now, when you deal with the unbearable, the intolerable, the unimaginable, uh, then tell that to yourself. But don't tell it to no one else. These people needed healing, and they were being taken advantage of in the outer court until Jesus came and straightened it out. There's some things that need to be straightened out. Bless your Lord God. We let the Holy Ghost, we let the power of God move in the service. Some things will be straightened out. Uh-huh. He said, my anointing destroys the yoke. And so we need the anointing, the power. And when I say anointing, I'm not talking about you running up and down the aisle, rolling over the floor, doing cartwheels, running across the pew, standing on top of the podium, uh, all that old no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the anointing that, that humbles you, that, re, that the anointing that demons are cast out with, the anointing that causes you to stop being that individual and be saved, to become holy, to live right, to have a change of heart, to get rid of that old stony heart and, and, let the, and, and have a heart that is, that is of the Lord, mighty God. The outer court was enclosed by curtains supported on pillars. Did I read all that? Jesus did, uh, did not make the individual subject matter. No, my God, I didn't. Let me tell you. You know, sometimes people will uh, look at your situation. Next thing you know, you the subject matter. They preaching all about you because of what, what has happened with you. But Jesus didn't use them as a testimony of what has not happened to them, but he gained gave sight to the blind and he set the captive free and removed the suffering and uh, seasoned them with joy. The outer court was enclosed with, with curtains supported on pillars. It was oblong in shape and the entrance was on the east side. Mm -hmm. The altar, there was an altar, a sacrifice, which was the, the bronze altar, was within the court facing the entrance. And there was a, a brazen laver used for washing. 
The Bible said, he that better vessels of the Lord must have clean hands. How's your hands? You ought to look at them. Have you shed blood? No, I didn't touch nobody. Yeah, but did you touch them with the words of your mouth? Did, did you say something that, that assassinated their character? Did you say something about someone that you shouldn't have been saying? Are, are, you, are you thinking thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking? Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. Uh, the Bible goes as far as to say if you look at a person. I, I, I had a friend, and, and I'm like, man, what are you doing? Every time, every time someone walked by, female, he turned. I'm like, dude, you can't be doing that. You got a wife and children at home. Now, I'm not scared to say something to anybody about, uh, about something that's foul. That's foul. That's pretty foul. And so, you know, you ought to uh, have a clean heart. They tell you to wash your hands. Everybody wash your hands. COVID-19. Wash your heart. Somebody died without washing their heart. COVID caught the disease and went on out of here. Didn't wash their heart. They might wash their hands, but they didn't wash their heart. Have you washed your heart today? We all need to make sure that we wash our hearts. The Bible tells us to guard our heart. Guard it. We need to guard our heart. And it don't mean that things are not going to come your way, that you're not going to see something and, you know, things get your attention. But you have to, you are in control. Job said that, that I made a vow to myself. I made a covenant with my eyes uh, that I'm not going to look at another, at another woman. I'm not going to look at her. I'm married. I'm not going to look at her. I got daughters. I thought about that one day because I have daughters. I said, why do I, why do I want to be looking at other people? Would I want someone, when my daughters are walking by, whether it's in the store or, you know, at that time they, they were much younger, would I want somebody lusting after them? You reap what you sow. So don't you do things that you don't want anybody to do to you or your family. Let's be real about that. Let's be real. Let's, let's keep it honest and do the right thing. We're in control of our actions. We're in control of what we do. Well, God will forgive me. Don't live, don't live presumptuously. Don't live in a way that you make excuses because you never know what's going to happen in a day. There was a man that, that was out doing something he shouldn't have been doing, and he had a heart attack in the middle of it. But what was he going to do? How was he going to change? As a tree falls, that's how it lays. So you want to make sure that you're very careful. You might think about doing something, let it only be a thought, and keep that thought moving. All right? Uh, the altar is open. That's why I was in the out of court. So before you got to the temple, which uh, before there was the Holy of Holies, and, and I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but I just want you to know that there's the East Gate, the East Gate, and we'll get to what the significance of the East Gate is, but I'm not giving it to you right now. And then you have the outer court that is very, you need to take full advantage of the outer court right now. I can't stress that enough. Take advantage of the outer court 
right now because we need it. Uh-huh. God has given it to us and we need to take advantage of the outer court. Now, you Bible students, um, I may come back and ask about the outer court and I may come back and ask about the East Gate. So if I was you, I would spend some time um, looking into that, examining those things and, and getting an understanding. You know, when you do that, you, you, you cause God to do some things. Uh-huh. You cause God to start to send something that you didn't have. And so it, it, I would start looking at that and, and getting the significance of it and see what God does with it. Listen, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. I hope to see you in service with us soon or to see you there until then be blessed and rest in the Lord. If you've been blessed by the message of uh, you know, Sunday morning live, and that is SML inside the pages. Spread the word. You know, and I'm I'm praying. And again, I ask you to pray with us as we are, are uh, preparing and and, and looking at um, doing the simultat the, the simul broadcast in Spanish as well. And so um, that that we're looking to reach souls, looking to touch the hearts of people near and far. So that they can be saved. I'm pouring myself out. That, that's what I said I would do. I told the Lord I'm going to pour myself out. I pour myself out in a lot of other areas. But I want to pour myself out for the Lord. And just be, you know, as they say, 100. Keeping it real. You know, for him. And doing the right things. And, and uh, that, that one day that uh, I hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I want to make you ruler over much. Uh, much could may not be a lot to you, but it, it means a, a lot to me. And, and so we want to be found pleasing in the Lord's sight, and I, I believe that you do too. So until then, remember the songs featured are respectively the property of our artists, the singers, the songstress, and their producers. Pray for somebody. Bless somebody. Just tell somebody, God bless you. And, and say it with a smile. <laughs> It makes a difference. All right. Love you. We'll be back on uh, preparing for Sunday. Book of Revelation. You don't want to miss it. There's a blessing there to those that, that read it, hear it, and keep the words of the testimony.